Hi everyone and welcome to Dr. Mommy Speaks Parenting Podcast. I'm your host Dr. Rahat. If you think you're suffering from depression or the pandemic has taken a toll on your mental health, then today's episode is for you. We will be diving deep in depression, how to identify it and its management. We will also be discussing work from home and handling kids. For giving us a deeper insight into mental health, we have with us today a special guest. She's a clinical psychologist at Fortis Hospital Delhi. She's a cognitive behavioral therapist and holds an MPhil in clinical psychology. She also heads the Fortis School Mental Health Program. She has been actively engaged with schools, leading NGOs and corporates through workshops and trainings. She has co-authored two books, Raising Confident Children and Talking About Mental Health in the Classroom. She's also co-authored two e-books, How to Engage with Your Kids While Working from Home. And don't worry, here's how you can keep your mind fit during the pandemic. Please welcome Dr. Mimasa Singh. Hi, Dr. Mimasa. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Rahat. It's a pleasure to be here. So, uh, the pandemic has brought with it quarantine, forcing us all to cut off our social interactions and stay home. This isolation has proved to be worse for many. Uh, there's no better time to talk about mental health literacy than now, when the cases are increasing by the day. But still, conditions like depression and anxiety, they still remain underdiagnosed because, uh, come on, there's a stigma associated with it and there's lack of knowledge amongst people. So how can mental health literacy help us solve this problem? I think the first thing that we need to understand is that, you know, how many of us are actually aware of the signs and symptoms of mental health related problems? And do we actually consider mental health as a problem? We need to accept the fact that mental health problems and mental health related concerns is a reality. Mental illness is something which is prevalent worldwide. If I talk about WHO statistics, you know, worldwide depression continues to be one of the leading causes, uh, one of the leading uh, causes of disability uh, amongst people. 264 million people across the globe are diagnosed with depression once in their lifetime, which is one in five people will be diagnosed with some form of mental health related problem. And that would, the most common of them is depression. So we need to understand the mammoth of the problem that we are looking at. And we need to accept that mental health related problems is a reality and we need to accept it and approach it like we approach any other physical illness that we all have. Absolutely. The first step in this is to normalize mental health illnesses, just like someone has a fever or a diarrhea. Mental health is just another disease. And that's well, that could be the first step in eradicating the stigma associated with it. So uh, the pandemic has been tough for all of us. But the worst hit have been kids with no school, friends or outings. They're missing out on their childhood. What mental health illnesses should parents be on the lookout for in children? And what can parents and teachers do to tackle this problem well in time? So, uh, you know, going back to the question that you started one, mental health literacy, I think it's very, very important to have the awareness of the signs and symptoms of what, uh, you know, one would see, whether it is children or adults for that matter, when they are uh, suffering with any kind of mental health related problems. So if we talk about the ongoing time period, I mean, it has affected each and every one of us. 
there has been an increase that we can see in mental health related concerns globally because of the kind of uh, you know unprecedented event that we all are suffering uh, in our lives at this point in time and even so true for children you know the fact that the routine is not there because children thrive on routines the fact that they're not meeting their peers their friends they're not meeting their teachers in a physical space the school is not happening it's more virtual and it's a completely different space again where you know children are still adapting and adjusting to it parents are finding a lot of problems and struggling with a lot of things when it comes to children uh, you know adapting to the online learning there is lack of motivation there is lack of interest you know children are talking about boredom they are talking about um, you know sense of isolation specifically in the young adolescent age where they tend to experience these bouts of isolation and loneliness that is happening at this point in time uh, specifically when i talk about younger children uh, you know parents have been talking about how there are more tantrums temper tantrums which are coming in sometimes they see that there is a change in their behavior which is completely out of the normal uh, they might be a little aggressive uh, they may also be talking about uh, you know lethargy a lot more and the, uh, at the other moment they may see them very hyperactive you know so there is this you know change in energy that they are seeing all the time sometimes they are absolutely lethargic and at other times very very hyperactive so what we need to understand that these are all signs and symptoms of the fact that how the ongoing ongoing time period is affecting children as well what we need to do as parents is recognize this and also at the same time see what best support we can provide them so if i talk about young children particularly you know for them physical activity is very very important and we need to recognize uh, that you know how can we provide them the physical activity within within the space uh, at home create that kind of an environment for them where it is more child friendly where they are able to you know uh, have that kind of uh, expend their physical energy at home give them opportunities to connect with their friends and peers online you know virtual learning is not the substitute to physical learning but we need to accept the fact that at this point in time that is very very important because it provides a sense of routine there is still some connection which is happening with their friends and peers and teachers which is very very important for children when it comes to adolescent again the same thing it's very important to all for them also to connect with their friends and peers at the same time you know more conversations more virtual meets they need to have with their friends because if we are experiencing a sense of loneliness and disconnect the only way to you know deal with that is by connecting more and which is why we need to encourage children to shift more from texting and uh, you know reaching out to their friends on social media to virtual meets that's very very important as parents we need to have some of these conversations beyond academics that you know uh, where we are seeing that and as a parent we all have concerns about how the academics is going to go uh, with the kind of challenges and the changes that we all are seeing but i think what is very important is to understand that learning outcomes for any child is going to be dependent on their emotional and psychological well-being and in the ongoing time period that is one of the most important things that we need to recognize and support as a parent as much as we can to you know keep their mental health and mental well-being intact absolutely so identifying all of these signs and symptoms like extreme lethargy or sudden hyperactivity changes in their behaviors and energy and then acting according to it 
and i think as a mom of two toddlers i am the biggest witness to this we see huge amount of variations in their energies and all we we try to do actually is just uh, channel that energy to something like play some games on there are two of them so some sort of competition just start racing or a hurdle with some pillows and blankets and it actually helps us remove their energy and puts them tires them out is one little thing absolutely so are uh, coming to a very uh, mammoth of a topic like you said depression it has been taking rounds on social media and uh, it's mostly because time and again we've had celebs and even people who we know are suffering from depression and uh, the one thing that i have found many people say is you need to talk you need to connect with people so i'd like to first ask you how can a common man identify depression like if i have a friend or a relative just having a low mood or feeling sad does that signify that the person has depression how i as a lay person can identify that so first we need to differentiate between when we say and we use words as being you know i am depressed we end up using it more like an english language depression is actually a medical illness and that's how we need to understand about it you know some of the common signs and symptoms of depression is it's not like usual sadness which out of which you will be able to come out of after a day or two or you know when you've spoken to your friends and family or maybe you've thought about whatever the problem or the stressor is and you feel better with the resources that you have when you work through that but in depression what happens essentially is that there is persistent sadness that remains for at least 2 weeks minimum of 2 weeks uh, the person experiences sadness for the most part of the day you can feel a sense of lethargy in your body it can disturb your appetite it can disturb your sleep there is a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness that an uh, individual experiences there can be difficulty in making decisions there can be lack of concentration there is certainly a loss of pleasure in activities that they would do earlier so you know this is what these are the cluster of symptoms that we need to look at in depression and in a more severe form an individual can also have thoughts of harming oneself or feel a sense of futility in living about life uh, you know there is a negative view about uh, you know things around about the world about oneself that can also happen so these are some of the signs and symptoms that we need to recognize in depression and like i said it is one of the most common form of mental health related disorders in fact it's also one of the leading causes of suicide uh, if we see which happens because of undiagnosed and untreated mental health related problem and depression being the most common of it absolutely also there has been a rise in the number of cases of suicides and depression in the pandemic itself uh, but the number of cases actually receiving help is still low so how can we as individuals help someone struggling with a mental illness because the most uh, famous hack for this has been talk to the person so does talking really help talking certainly helps i think what we need to understand is a lot many times what happens for an individual who's actually struggling with mental health related problem because of the stigma which is associated with mental health we hesitate to talk about it to anyone so if you are struggling with the physical illness you know which we recognize as a medical problem we easily tell someone or we share it with someone or go to a physician to seek help and seek treatment for it and we follow it religiously as being told by the doctor but when it comes to mental health related problem first we hesitate to talk about it because we feel that whether somebody will be able to understand me or not second 
what if the person sees me in an absolutely judgmental uh, light where they feel that i am a weak person i am not being able to manage it at my own level um third because you obviously do not recognize this as a as a medical illness we hardly go to a doctor or a mental health expert to actually reach out for help so what we need to do is exactly what we do for physical health related problems we need to talk about it your immediate support system is going to be your family your friends and your colleagues if you feel that there is still something that you're struggling with despite talking to them about it you are not being able to feel better you need to reach out to a doctor uh, because this means that you do require to see a mental health expert and you need to seek treatment uh, for it as a family as friends you need to support and encourage people struggling with mental health related problem to continue to seek help and give them your empathetic patient listening you know refrain from making any judgments any remarks which can be uh, insensitive often times we end up saying that you know you cannot have depression what are you talking about you're such a strong individual you know you're not crazy uh, you're absolutely fine how can depression happen to you so we do not realize that actually worldwide people who are struggling with mental health related problem are high functioning people they are people like you and me so we go to our workplace we manage our homes but still we are struggling with mental health related problems in silence because again we don't talk about this and we don't recognize this as a problem so it is very very important for us to take away the stigma break it by actually talking about it sharing our problems when we are struggling with mental health related problem and as individuals we need to support anyone who actually comes up and opens up to you about their problems when it comes to mental health absolutely so a non judgmental listening without any remarks is what is the kind of approach we need to have when we feel that someone might be suffering from depression so uh, one good thing that has happened now because uh, depression and suicides have become so common and social media is covering it in to a great extent so depression has become a living room conversation so if diagnosed with depression then what does its management look like and what the, what actually happens in therapy so first we need to understand how therapy is different than talking to a family or a friend you know when you go to a therapist it's a, it there is a setting to it you know it does not happen um on the playground or in a you know in a park or in a coffee shop what we actually end up seeing in you know some in commercial ways yes. uh, how it is portrayed in media and in films it's absolutely not like that you know there is a de- designated space there is a setting in which uh, there a, a therapist sits and you know patient sits at a particular distance in fact whether the table should be there between the patient and the and the therapist even that much of the of uh, you know minuteness details is uh, uh, kept into consideration the sole reason that the patient should be able to open up to the doctor right absolutely absolutely so if you actually see uh when a therapist is sitting uh, in in their in their chamber you will never see a proper table that you would see in a medical profession uh where you know you'll be sitting across the table and the and the patient would be sitting across the table uh, at the most you may see a coffee table over there uh with maybe something uh but but not like a proper big table which actually creates that kind of a uh, gap Uh, so you know that's that's the importance of the setting uh, in a therapeutic uh, setting uh, along with that what we are also doing is we are actually as a cognitive behavior therapist which i am we are using evidence based treatment to talk to our clients so we're giving them a non judgmental space to talk about whatever they are feeling 
we are giving them active listening and empathetic listening in which we are making our reflections we are helping them understand navigating the process of how they are talking our questions that we ask is all thought through process there is an interviewing that happens initially when a uh, client comes to a therapist with a with a problem so it's it's a very, very uh, scientific based treatment technique it's not like a normal talking that you do with your friends and your uh, you know family than your parents and your mothers sometimes you know parents do tend to say you're going to a therapist you'd rather talk to me but it's not the same it certainly is different because we are trained in it so we are experts and it's very different absolutely but yes yeah. still i think still i would say that, that yes children when they feel that they are struggling with something the first point uh, the first source of contact should be parents school counselors and then the parents need to support school counselor need uh, school counselors need to support and then take them to mental health expert so a proper empathetic listening which is the result of years of knowledge and expertise that psychologists gather and that cannot be done just by anybody your friends or your parents hence you should redirect the i actually feel my personal opinion on this is um you know we actually need to redirect more and more people we feel that okay come on let's just talk it out and you'll feel better in some time see you're actually feeling better this has happened with so many people if rather than just being empathetic and talking to them about their problem trying to give us them a solution on ourselves if we redirect them to the right kind of help that they need it's going to be uh, it'll help in diagnosing depression to such a great extent so um since you mentioned your specialty cognitive behavioral therapy can you highlight something more on that so it's about if you actually look at any problem it's about how that particular problem tends to impact our thought process uh emotions and that resultant behavior automatically changes so if i am feeling depressed or if there is a stressor in my environment which is making me feel in a certain way my uh perception and my thought process to that will change because of which also my emotions will change i may experience difficult emotions or vis-a-vis i may begin to experience some difficult emotions whether it is anger shame and other things and it's uh, a so resultant i may also begin to have some negative thought process and as a result my behavior would change so i would experience less motivation i may withdraw socially uh from a social gathering i may begin to have negative thoughts about how people would be judging me seeing me in a certain light so all these things are a part of cognitive behavior therapy where we talk about and we identify these patterns which are not helping a client to adapt uh to the ongoing situation because of the kind of thought process that they are having the kind of emotions that they are feeling conflicted with and as a result you know their behavior is obviously not as desired so when we are working with them we are using these scientific ways on how to work on the thought process how to help them deal with the emotions and as a result we see that there is a change in the behavior that happens and they are able to adapt to the environment much better so in a nutshell it's kind of a behavioral modification uh, on the, on the basis of identifying what were the hurdles in the per- person's life that's great absolutely and a lot more and a lot more goes in that because when you're talking about an individual and you know you're helping an individual it's not just about this but i think there's a lot that goes out we have to see an individual in 360 degree so even when it comes to you know uh, various uh, your thought process and how you relate to interpersonal relationships 
you know societal norms all of those things you know your family functioning all these aspects are explored into in a lot more detail so you know when we are working with clients we are actually exploring a lot of things and we are seeing where all uh, the client requires help and support them in that process so it's more like a personalized uh, customized consultation because every person is going to have different thought process and different problems absolutely okay so uh coming to your book uh how to engage your kids while working from home i can't tell you how much i love the title of this it's really amazing <laughs> uh can you share for us a few snippets on how working parents can be involved in their child's upbringing this so is like I, the need of the hour absolutely i think what we need to first recognize is that as working parents it's a very very difficult time for each one of us and it's very important that as parents also we see how we can support each other rather than you know uh, in the in the strained time period get on to each other that you know how much you are doing and how much you are doing i think that doesn't really help so it, we have to work as a team we also have to look at if we need more support uh, you know outside from our parents from our friends from community in that sense it's also very important to look at that kind of support system as well so i think what what one needs to understand is that how much of uh, you know juggling and how much of uh, flexibility you can have in terms of and and how less expectations and how can one modify the expectations that one can have as a parent from oneself this is a time period where we cannot see it's a perfect situation so if it's not a perfect situation it's not a usual situation you know let aside uh, a perfect situation but it's not even a usual situation that we are used to living in our day to day lives we are facing something which is absolutely un- we are unprepared for it's absolutely new for each one of us so in a situation like this we have to be flexible in our expectations from our own selves as a parent so you we are going to struggle with some certain things we are going to find ourselves strained in a lot of ways we have to recognize how we can cut down in a lot of things that we had been leading in our day to day lives given the fact that there are so many things and change, uh, changes that have happened we first have to cut down on that list make our lives a lot more simpler and see according to that where all can we again support each other and in that process also support our children so you know we have to somewhere simplify our lives a lot more and i think that's the key to the ongoing time period and accept the fact that you know uh, this is how it is going to be for a while if it requires us to be flexible in terms of whether it is our work uh, take support from that from organizations organizations need to come together and support parents who have children and are finding it very difficult to manage work and uh, you know children for that matter as statistics say that you know women have been uh, you know thinking of giving up their work and job because of the kind of strain that they've been experiencing of managing everything so i think it's it's at multiple level you know as a society we need to think about how we can actually support um, parents uh, uh, in, in the ongoing time period that's i think very very important so whether it's organizations schools uh, you know communities we have to support each other that's the key to really you know deal with the time period So um one very nice takeaway i found from this one was that uh, not trying to put too many things on our plate because that's what we used to do we used to take the kids out and do their schooling household chores and work and now in the pandemic we have been doing all of that but then taking care of the kids the whole time is the number one thing that takes a toll on all of us so maybe putting very little amount of things on our plate and doing them one at a time could help all of us 
and take care of ourselves as a parent i think we need to really take care of our mental well being because if we will be calm we will be composed we will be able to problem solve situations as they come in front of us we will automatically not be transferring that to onto our children and that's very very important that's the key to keep our mental well being fit in the time period so if you find yourself stressed please take a pause first recognize what is the stressor take care of it take care of yourself Uh, and then go on to the next task don't pile on because uh, you know then it will be like a pressure cooker and we don't want that to happen <laughs> in a situation where we everyone is at home and we all are you know supporting each other we don't want to be pressure cookers we would we want to be uh, you know soft and we want to be sensitive and we want to be supporting each other that's very very important right and that uh, brings me to the last question that how can we take care of our mental health amidst the pandemic not just as parents everybody <laughs> accept the situation you know uh, engage in physical exercises within the homes have a regular routine sleep awake cycle i think the fact that our routines are not as structured as it was earlier our day and night cycles have actually gone haywire also because there aren't any deadlines now no one's got to get up to go to school or <laughs> office so day and night rhythm is just gone for a toss true so it's very important to have that structured as well sleep at a similar time wake up uh, wake up at a similar time when you are working from home everyone has to have a routine uh, and we all must be dressed up to be able to look forward to our routine i think that's very important just because we are working from home right now we are all working in our uh, you know we, we've just customized our own uh, dress codes to suit Absolutely. our uh, needs and our comfort but i think what it does is that it does not give us that sense of the readiness you know if you actually think about the transition that would happen from work from you know getting ready from home and going to your workplace you know from this from the time that you begin to get dressed up to the time that you would have on road and then you would go to a designated workspace is absolutely gonomous so you know sometimes mind does not feel prepared if we do not give it that preparedness so it's very important that we uh, you know follow a dress code it doesn't have to be as formal as it would be while you were in office but at least still it has to be for, uh, you know some fall formalized Just in some way get dressed in anything that doesn't constitute pjs and a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's very very important and as families i think it's very important that we also need to uh, give ourselves some digital detox there is a lot that we are doing online you know whether it is our classes whether it is our work and from that we go on to social media and from social media we go on to televisions i think we really need to detox ourselves digitally uh, we must do some uh, you know fun games activities you know whether it's board board games whether it is conversations whether it is looking at albums but it's very important to have that time uh, to you know with with families and to our own selves in which we are actually disconnected uh, from the digital media that's very very important because i think it's it's just creating another kind of a pressure comparison um unproductiveness all that those things are also happening this is yeah. going to constitute the number one takeaway from our talk today digital detox like you rightly pointed <laughs> out we are just stuck to our screens either for work or for recreation or for schools but we're there or for connecting with our friends what we need to do is more family bonding anything cook together sit and play together watch a movie together but then more of human interaction basically absolutely and i like i said you know conversations are always meaningful have those 
um with your families with your children it's very very important in any case if you see you know our our way of conversations and everything have, has changed a lot in the last uh, in the last 10 years you know we despite having social media and social networking sites we claim to be connected but we are still so disconnected uh, at the same time so that's the irony of the digital era and i think it's very important that we need to reverse that and uh, put them aside and have more real conversations absolutely now more than ever when we are so far and social distancing has put even a larger strain on our relations uh thank you so much dr mimasa that was really insightful we got some amazing takeaways from this talk thank you so much it was a pleasure to interact on, on some of the important questions that you asked so thank you So listeners y'all can connect with Dr. Mimasa on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll be linking up all of that in our show notes below. And her books will be available on our blog post. I will link those as well. Until then, happy parenting. That's it for today. Do subscribe to my podcast so you will be notified each time a new episode is online. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn as Dr. Mommy Speaks. Don't forget to like and review our podcast wherever you listen. It will help others to find this podcast. And you can visit our website drmommyspeaks.com forward slash podcast for all our show notes and any resources mentioned by me or my guests. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Until then, happy parenting!